So I hear this question very often in my home, in my house. What is it? In English or Spanish, what is it? And today, we're going to ask that question too. What is it? Um, one week ago, approximately, I, uh, I was excited about bringing my daughter, Victoria, a new book. Right? And so, I don't know if you want to show that slide right, right there. Um, and so, and I'm like, okay, so I'm going to read it for her, but I, I, I didn't have enough time to kind of read through the whole um, book. And uh, the next slide, you can see it. If you can show the next slide, please. Um, can you see it? No, the, f- the picture, please. The picture. Go back. Thank the other one. No, well, maybe I didn't send it to you. That one. So when she got it, the first question was, what is it, Daddy? And I'm like, it's a book. And I'm, I know what is the next question is, can you read it for me? And I'm like, okay, yes. Um, but I was trying to find the best moment for, for me to be ready for that. So I, I kind of started reading the book. And it says, polar bear, polar bear, what do you hear? And another question, right? And then I, keep re- I kept re- uh, reading it. And then I found, uh, I found something interesting. Polar bear, polar bear, what do you hear? And then he says, I hear lion roaring in my ears. And I was doing fine because there was enough English for me to take. And then, then comes the lion. The lion, lion, what do you hear? And then he hears something very weird. He say, I hear a what? A what? I think it's this, you say it this way, hyperperimus. Hey, that way. And I, do you see? You see? Exactly. And then the next word is, is snoring, right, in my ear. And I'm like, what? Is it here snoring or snoring? Whatever. So I, I found out that I, as it continued to develop, I said, hey, why don't I translate that in Spanish better? <laughs> no, seriously. So I found out that the what is it was very profound because animals, they are bilingual too. <laughs> you see, you're not going to say, this is fascinating because I thought I can say it the way I knew it. But no, if you're talking to an animal who speaks English, you got to speak English, my friend. Because he's not going to understand what you say, neither your child or whatever. So I started to practice this stuff, and come on, and then comes Flamingo. And what do you hear? Well, he hear a zebra with Z, right? Zebra. What? Brain? I don't know what that is. Brain or brain? In my ear. And I said, well, you know what? Why don't we play something else? <laughs> let's, play, let's play something else. But it reminded me that we are constantly learning a new language, which is no English or Spanish or French or Portuguese or Chinese or Korean or Hindi or Tamil or whatever that might be, but it's a language of grace. And learning the language of grace, uh, you have to uh, learn how to ask the question, what is it? And when the Israelites were asked by God to leave Egypt, they needed to learn a new language, which was no Egyptian, neither Hebrew, but the language of freedom. Uh, And the language of freedom is pretty interesting because obviously it's based on grace. But, uh, you know, 
Next, please. Uh, the, um, the thing about this is, uh, as we read the scripture today, let's, let's read scripture first. We'll find out the whole Israelite community set out from Elim and came to the desert of Sin, which is between Sinai of the 15th month after the day they had come out of the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. They knew that language really well, the grumbling language, okay? Uh, and they said, the Israelites said to them, if only we have died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. What a prayer. That's a prayer, by the way. And then there, were, there we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But... You have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Wow. They have faith, huh? Then the Lord said to Moses, read it with me. I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions on the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. So, the Israelites came out of Egypt. They saw the, the powerful hand of God, and they were learning the new language of freedom and based on, in, on grace. You know, grace was what delivered them from, from Egypt. And so now they're learning this new language, but they didn't know how to translate that into Hebrew because it was really hard. They were used to complaining, grumbling. They were used to gossiping. They were used to applauding. They were used to defending themselves, protecting themselves in many ways. And they don't know how to do, they don't know how to live in freedom. And there are many people that they don't know how to live in freedom. Look at the person around you and say, you are a blessed person. Just say that. You're free. But then, as they have confronted their realities, as we do too, they realized that they were happier in Egypt, even though they were hit Anytime they were mistreated, mistreated verbally, emotionally, psychologically, physically, in many ways. They could die any day. They could die any day. And then, and yet, they were so used to the freedom of food. And that's where our first, our first part of the sermon comes, right? Uh, they have a diet, a diet, a slave diet versus free people meals. So, slaves have a diet, they have a diet, and free people too. Now, the question is, which food do you like to eat the most? Because if you do like to eat um, the slave um, um, diet, or to kind of use that diet, you're going to eat meat, you're going to eat bread, you're going to eat melon, melons, you're going to eat um, a lot of good stuff. But you're going to pay a big price for that too. An emotional, psychological, spiritual, physical price for that. Because for Pharaoh, Pharaoh doesn't give anything. He doesn't give a free lunch. He doesn't give that. 
He doesn't give anything for free. Freedom is not in his mind. So if you earn it, then you will get it if I want to. That's Pharaoh's mentality. Okay? But now the other people, free people, they have meals too. But the problem is that those meals represent the struggle between fidelity and incredulity. Can you say those words? Those are difficult, right? Say that. Fidelity and? Now, I tell you that in Spanish. Fidelidad. Say it. Wow. You're eating well today. Incredulidad. Yeah, you had a practice. You, I, I thought, I, maybe you were practicing before you came to service. Uh, but that's the real struggle. You know, you ought to be faithful or you ought to be an unbeliever. Doubtful, you know. So, but your meals represent your creed, your practice, your faith. I'm talking about, about this symbolically, okay? You can eat whatever you want, but um, what I'm saying here is that these people were used to, and if not, ask Andy. Andy knows about meals. So they were used to um, a meal that will tell them their value. So whatever you eat in that, in that particular time was that this is your value. You, your, your value, your price is a slavery if you want to have a really good food from, hand, from Pharaoh's uh, hand. But if you want to be free, you're going to have to be, conf- you're going to have to be able to be determined and, and brave and, and believe that God will provide something that you never ate before. And it is not your macaroni and cheese. Or your hamburger or arepas or whatever you are used to eating. It's not your enchiladas, my friend. Okay. So, but they have that struggle. Their struggle to be faithful or, unbel- or, or unfaithful, whatever. You know, when you don't believe, you become, somehow, you start going in the, in the direction of un- unfaithfulness. Because, you know, you can't believe in a God that you don't understand or you don't love. You have to love that God. You have to understand that God somehow to kind of love him and follow him. But the Israelites knew their own God, Pharaoh, because Pharaoh thought, as Pastor Tobin told us last week, that he, be- he thought he was the son of the God. So he was God, right? So they believed that God a lot, you know, because they say, oh, my, how we wish that we can go back to Egypt, did they ever say something about being hit and, be, and being uh, tormented and being abused when they were eating? Did they, did they say anything about it by any chance? No, because the illusion of, of, of uh, having whatever I want comes with the price that you have to pay for that, my friend. Okay, so... Slaves have a diet. Free people have a diet. So let's move on. Let's keep going. Next slide. But here's what's going on there. It's an active and deceiving scarcity mentality that is a play. It's active and deceiving scarcity mentality. This mentality facilitates frustration and fear and conflict. And if you, if you can see it in the text, you can see that they were grumbling because they were used to a mentality 
that kind of mentality, a scarcity mentality. It was active and it was deceiving because they thought that that was okay to wish for something that was really good at a high, at a high price. They have to pay a big price to get those goodies, right? But their mentality was, okay, I don't want to lack anything, so I'm going to put my back, my neck, uh, for Pharaoh to do whatever he wants. I'm going to allow him to run over me. It doesn't matter. I'm going I'm to get good food. But it's deceiving because actually it's killing, the, killing people, destroying everything that they have. Not too, and, they, and how they forget, and we forget easily. Do you remember that they were killing their babies? I mean, you as an adult, you might be able to be hit sometimes and, and take a lot of, of bad, you know, from other people. But will you, be, will you be willing to forget and dismiss the fact that your grandchild, your great-grandchild, or your child was killed because of Pharaoh's diet? Because of Pharaoh's diet? Will you? No, but they did! And we do sometimes. We forget easily. We should never forget stuff like that. Are you with me? We should never, never, never forget stuff that mistreats our children. If we are to be a faithful people, we need to make sure we never, never neglect our children. Not to say our seniors that probably in, the, in between are the most vulnerable people, not because they, they don't have what to, you know, they don't have stuff. They do have stuff, but they, have, they are in a very different stage of life. So our seniors and our children probably are most precious people in, 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 in our communities. Are you still with me? So we cannot forget that. And that diet... Kill many seniors back then and kill many children back then. We cannot forget that. So, because it's deceiving. It looks great, but it's not. So, I'd like to ask you to think about the next one. I'd like to tell you that God is asking Moses and his people to move from a scarcity mentality that is this active and deceiving to a different mentality, the mentality of free, freedom that comes with abundance, abundance mentality. That mentality empowers confidence and freedom and also unity. When people are living by a mentality of abundance, they don't see enemies everywhere. They don't see, um, they don't grumble that much. They do grumble. They still grumble. They, they are human beings, right? But they don't grumble that much. They look for something that is good in the whole situation, in the crisis that they are going through. They say, wait a minute, this is horrible. What is going on right now? This is not good. But, okay, let me just take a step back and say, what are you doing, God? Is there anything good that can come out of this mess? 
They look for confidence, freedom, and unity. A mentality of abundance is a mentality that I always find a window of opportunity. How many likes windows of opportunity? How many like that? I really love a window of opportunity. All my life I have been given those windows, and I have been so blessed and so grateful for those windows of opportunity. So that active mentality uh, is important because, like I said, empowers. And I'd like to give you three key words today um, that will be really helpful. Three, let's, let me give you three words. You, one of them you are very familiar with. Paranoia! <laughs> How many of you are familiar with paranoia? How many of you are paranoid? Oh my. Nobody? This is a very healthy congregation. We all are paranoid in many ways. Remember that Pastor Tobin t- told us last Sunday that we all have a little Pharaoh in our lives? Well, Pharaoh was very paranoid, right? <laughs> so we all have this paranoid tendency. Maybe you are not paranoid, but... Maybe you have a little tendency. For instance, for those of you who always are checking the, uh, the car, is the car locked, bling, 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 many times, um, that's a little bit paranoid, a little bit. For those of you who go back three times to see if you close the door accordingly, uh, accordingly or not, but what I mean, what I forgot, oh, no, no, I forgot that. So go back, kind of paranoid, a little bit. I do that. So I'm a little bit paranoid. <laughs> Seriously, I'm not kidding. I do that. My son's favorite word is, what do you forget now? Sometimes I say myself. Keyword, paranoia. Let's see what that, that is. Paranoia. In Greek, a person suffering from paranoia suspects that persons or entities, example given, Governments and deities, wow, that's a beautiful word, conspire against them. So if you hear a lot about what the next Russian government is going to do us, it's going to do against us, that's a little bit paranoid, or it could be true, but we have been waiting for that for a long time already, right? Or Cuba. Or, or Venezuela now is in the black list, by the way, as a terrorist country. Well, it's a terrorized country, but I don't know if it's terrorist, but it's terrorized for sure by their own bullies, their own pharaohs. Um, so, a paranoia. Let, let me give you the second word you probably are not as familiar with, maybe you are. It's called pronoia. Now, pronoia is providence, welfare. And it's a, it, the, the definition of pronoia is a person experiencing pronoia feels that the world around them conspires to do them good. How many of pronoics are here? Wow, that's good. Uh, the sneaking feeling one has that others are conspiring behind your back to help you. What happened? <laughs> Isn't it true? <laughs> I give you an example of pronoia. Here. Do you like this one? I'm not going to give it away, by the way. I'm very pronoic, but not that much. <laughs> okay. Is it beautiful? 
How many of you have been in Paris? For those of you who haven't, please go and take me with you. I've never been there. Okay, I was in a meeting with several pastors at uh, Mimi's restaurant, and they didn't pay me for that, but well, anyways. Uh, and then, so I was supposed to go to a certain time, so I did, and entering the restaurant, I saw these uh, pictures, and I saw paintings, right? And I saw this one in particular called my attention. I said, wow, this is really cool. What is this? I don't go too very, very often to Mimi's. You can see that. Um, so I immediately asked the, the lady who welcomed me, hey, hello, and all that, right? You have to do that. And then you go back to this and say, are you selling those? And she said, no. Yes. She said, yes. Uh, okay. Is, how much is this one in particular? She said, I don't know. I need to talk to the manager. I said, okay, let's do that. So she said, why don't we do this? You go to your meeting, and then I will tell you later on. I said, no, do me a favor. What, write it down. If you, write down what is it, whatever you want to write down uh, regarding that, and, and, but you don't talk to me because it's going to be a meeting that I don't want to be interrupted. And she said, okay. So five minutes, ten minutes later, she comes, and she gave me this nice note. It says, it is, it is, your, it is your free Happy New Year. And I'm like, Feliz Año! <laughs> Happy New Year! So I felt that they were plotting how to make me happier as a customer. And they said, why don't we give this guy this picture? He's in love with that thing. Well, let's give it to him. And um, I was gratefully surprised by that. And it's in my, in my, in my office, by the way. A good reminder that there are people out there plotting to bless us and to help us. How do you like that? Are you sure? Well, why don't you become one pronoic then? More pronoic? <laughs> I'm teasing. Anyways, the, here's the last word I really like. Paranoia, pronoia, and here is the, the, the one that I like the most. Theopronoia, which is God's active providence. And I like the word active. Let me tell you why. Because the word active means that it's not sleeping. Right? It's, it's, it's alive. So that word is more than somebody eventually will plot and will plan to bless me. But no, it's more than that. It's that there is somebody by the name of God who is actively promoting our welfare. And when you read the passage that we read, you, will, you cannot help it but, but understand that he is really having a good time. He says, I will make rain bread from heaven. Remember? Remember the passage? The Lord says, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. And by the way, you're not going to find that just one, once a week. It's not fair diet. It's going to be every single day. And on Fridays, because I want you to keep the, sh the Sabbath or the Shabbat, I want you to take twice. Wow, what, a, what kind of God is that? Well, God is a very is amazingly pronoid God. He's actively working to bless us and to encourage us. Now, 
his diet sometimes is kind of weird because if you, see, if you saw the first picture that we got, the very first one with the hand, that one, <laughs> the first question that they asked is, what is it? We never saw something like that. Let's talk with somebody who knows about it. Moses, what is it? And Moses said, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. This is the first time that I see this stuff. But what I know is God says it's breath from, he- from heaven. His, this is very fascinating for those of you who like the Lord's Prayer. You know, Jesus said this prayer in Aramaic. He says, our Father who are in heaven, right? Heaven. And then he said, give us this day what? Can I change that word for give us that, this day? Our manna. That. He said that in, in Aramaic. A manna. Might be manna the word or no. But the word that came from heaven was manna. Give us this day our manna. And by the way, that manna, you might not like it. You might not like it. Like I know of, of a couple who were one of my mentors in the past. So um, they told me that they ate egg, egg every single day for a month because they didn't have more, anything else. But they were, they were happily married. And they were new, new, you know, they were just recently married, but they didn't have a lot of money. And they ate egg for one month. The same couple said to me that they were traveling in their times together, and at one point, no gasoline and no money for more for, to buy gasoline. So what, they, what did they do? They said, Father, we pray for this tank, and we ask you, Lord, that you fill it up. And uh, what do you think happened? What do you think? Somebody helped. Somebody helped? Or? They ran out. Oh? The tank is full! Yes! Thank you. So they, they, um, they didn't know how they made it, but they went all the way from Northern California to Southern California, just giving you an example from the country, right? It's like that, six hours, seven hours driving, and still they didn't pump. But they pray. And they were simple enough to believe that God even can multiply gasoline. Can God, can God do that? Amen. Are you sure? So what are you pumping then? (laughs) Here's the call to action for today. First of all, identify an area in your life that is trapped by fear. Because fear is not a bad thing. But if it's trapping, if if it's already trapped you and it's holding you up, it's not a good thing. Isn't it? So you might have an area in your life that you need to kind of work with that. What is it? You need help. Remember, out there, there are many people plotting on your back to bless you and to help you and praying for you. On top of that, we have a God who cares mightily for you to give you manna every day. Do you agree with that? Maybe. Do you agree with that? Say something. Say no, yes. Okay, do some soul searching. Find out if there is any area in your life 
there needs to be more balance. Excessive confidence is not good. That is tr- trusting too much on the on the pronoia. That other that I'm you know I'm good. I'm fine. Everybody is with me. Everybody loves me. That's that's just too too much. You don't want to do that. Then then excess excessive what? That's either not good. So Abby and Sebastian, if you're hearing me right now, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna try my best not to be more worried about the door. Or the car, or whatever. Right? And three, embrace God's pronoia every day. Psalm 23 is a good place to start. Let's try, let's try this out. The Lord is? I shall not be? Stop there. Re, let's do it again. The Lord is? I shall not be? Last one. Slowly. The Lord is? There you There. Now, the consequence of him being your shepherd. I shall not be, you're not lacking anything. My little flock, like, my, like Mindy told us today, little, Jesus telling us and the kids, little flock, you don't, you don't worry about anything. You have everything in what he said, right? So I'd like to encourage you today to trust the good that the Lord has already provided everywhere you go. Yes, there is evil, but there is much more good already set up and, pro- and waiting for you than evil. Number two, just remember that God is at work actively on your behalf and my behalf. In fact, the Bible says that, what the Bible says in Psalm 90 and Psalm 91, if you read it carefully, it basically says that God is always shielding you protecting you in many ways, even when you get hurt, and oh, I get hurt, because I have, been, I've been hurt. I have been hurt in different ways, in many ways, and many times, and still I have seen the hands in the hand of God protecting me and giving me the strength and the grace to overcome. So God's blessings or providence, that doesn't mean you're not going to have some difficulties and some traumatic experiences sometimes. But what it, what it means really is that in the midst of the trauma, in the midst of the problem, in the midst of the, 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 everything that you're going through, he's all the way through with you. And what is this Psalms 23, 4 says? Even though I walk in the valley shadow of death. So you're going to walk with, through it. I'm going to walk through it. I shall not fear evil. Why? Because you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Even though you have, if I have bullies waiting for me out there, the psalmist says, you set a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And then only that, you anoint my cup, my head with, your, your, with the oil, right? My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me sometimes. But every day of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord, sometimes, forever. Shall we pray? I will encourage this morning. I will challenge. Okay, would you stand up, please? And let's pray.
Look to your, look to your neighbor next to you, left to right, and say, hey, God is calling us to be more pronoic. Not paranoid, but pronoic. And by the way, tell him this or tell her this. God is an active, pronoic person. He's always seeking out our welfare for his glory and because he loves us for his name's sake. Let's pray. Father, thank you because you're asking us this morning. Not, 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 not that you think that we will never fear. We do fear, and you know that. And sometimes we are scared to death because life is hard sometimes. But life is beautiful most of the time. Depending how we are looking at it. And we are invited today, encouraged, challenged, to embrace life from a different perspective. From a free person in Christ perspective. Christ has given us the freedom that nobody can take away. And he said that you will know the truth and the truth will make you free, will set you free. So we are free in Christ Jesus our Lord and Savior. But sometimes we remember our own language of grumbling, of uh, conflict, conflicting, of probably sometimes, uh, you know, lamenting mightily our bad, uh, our bad luck. But you are telling us, hey, I'm for you, with you, and through you every single day of your, of your life, with your family, with your children, your grandchildren, with everybody, with the seniors of this church and the children of this church and in between every, every generation too. So we pray, Father, this morning that we can embrace your pronoia, your welfare, your, your providence that is active and is in the world. We are here, Father. We love you, Father. And we ask you to forgive us. Sometimes we are acting and talking and thinking and imagining. Sometimes as a slave, a slave people or a slave individu individual. So would you help us, please? And be freer and be happier and be more content and more uh, committed to our freedom and to the freedom of those of us who are surrounding, those of those people who are sur surrounding us. Help us, Father, this day, and bless your people, your church, your flock, and the people who is listening to us right now or watching through, uh, through Facebook or whichever outlet. We pray that you can bless them and their families too, Father. We pray in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And all God's people say,